our singers on tonight. Amen. Singing, singing us happy. All right, let's go uh, tonight. I'd like to, we've, we've talked a little bit about minor prophets um, in prior weeks. Tonight I want to talk about uh, one of the major prophets. Uh, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Uh, for the younger kids, uh, the little itty bitties, um, if we can get like just somebody to come and go back and uh, rotate. I'm missing one person that normally does that ministry. So if anybody can volunteer, maybe we can um, just do a rotation through. Just see Sister Micah. Sister Micah, um, can anybody, any volunteers? They don't want to go back with them little kids. They came from Bible class. They ain't come to watch no kids. <laughs> Brother Brandon said he got it. Sister Carol, you, you help a little bit, you know. All right, well, maybe you don't have to do it now, but just maybe touch base with her, and then we'll see. It's, it's several of them. They're already back in the back already, not just my kids, you know. All right. Hey, man, y'all thinking I'm trying to throw my kids off on somebody? Hey, man, it's, it's a bunch of It's a slew of them back there that looking for somebody to teach them or to watch them and love on them. All right, Ezekiel, uh, let's start at chapter number one on tonight. Hey, man, I appreciate all those children's ministries that are going on. Um, and I feel like that we ought to differentiate instruction and, you know, have some for the kids as well, not just for the adults. All right. Um, OK, Ezekiel, chapter number one. Let's start at verse number one. Now it came to pass in the 30th year. Now, some scholars believe um, that this is his 30th birthday. Uh, can you remember your 30th birthday? Some of you all not there yet, but remember the 30th birthday? You know, well, you know, that's a nice age. Kind of get a little sense about yourself. Um, well, for Ezekiel, if this was in fact his birthday, it wasn't such a happy birthday for him because he was off in captivity. Um, and he's over by uh, some river that's in Babylonia, and he's probably just sulking uh, uh, as he looks at this river, then all of a sudden he sees a vision. All right? Um, and so let's keep going in verse 2. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Shabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. You hear that? The hand of the Lord. He's off in captivity in a place that he does not want to be, but the hand of the Lord was with him there. In this land away from home, yeah, away from the promised land, Away from, the Ark of the away from the Ark of the Covenant, away from the temple and all those things that he had grown accustomed to. But yet the hand of the Lord was upon him in Babylonia. Let's go to chapter number two. And he sees uh, in chapter one, we can read about that, about how he sees the glory of the Lord. But let's go ahead and go to chapter number two. And he said unto me, son of man, stand upon thy feet and I will speak unto thee. And the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. Y'all hear that? It's one some favorable people, one some good people. Um, they were going through, well, they didn't actually even realize probably what was going to come upon them. Um, you know, this, this captivity that they had gone in um, happened in waves. It happened consecutively. It didn't just happen all at once. Um, Babylon, Babylon comes in and they take the first group of captives off. Ezekiel is numbered amongst that group. And off they go out of Israel and the rest of them are still there. All right. 
And so Ezekiel, he's speaking to these people who still are there and perhaps they think it's going to be all right. Uh, but he's got some words for them. All right. All right. Verse number four. For they are impudent children and stiff hearted. I do send thee unto them and thou shalt say unto them, thus saith the Lord God. And they, whether they will hear. Y'all hear that? Whether they will hear. Some of y'all in here, you're here, but are you hearing? All right. Or whether they will forbear, for they are a what? A rebellious side. That doesn't sound good. Yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. In other words, whether they listen or not, I'm sending you, and you just keep on preaching, you keep on teaching. You know, if they listen, good. If they don't listen, at least there was a prophet among it. They will not be able to say that I didn't send them somebody to warn them. All right? And I, I think we can apply that even today. You know, the preacher will preach, uh, and I can do my job, but it's up to you whether or not you take heed and whether or not you listen. Amen? Anybody want to argue? Y'all do that another time. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know that. It's a whole lot of times. You know, we have to make sure that we heed to the word of God, that we, we hear the instruction of the Lord, um, because the Lord, he will send somebody. You know, when you stand before God, you will not be able to stand before God without an excuse. Uh, there was somebody that came with the word of the Lord to you. Amen. All right. So let's keep on going here on tonight. Now, a lot of this tonight is going to be a lot of very informational. Uh, maybe we might have a little inspiration in this somewhere mixed in. But I'm hoping that, you know, we can uh, at least in an intellectually intellectual way be able to grow in the word of the Lord on tonight. And so I'm going to make an apology in advance. Forgive me if I, you don't shout and you don't run around speaking in tongues on tonight. All right. But at least hopefully you learn something on tonight. All right. Amen. I think that's important. Uh, I also want to let's go ahead and, and skip ahead right now. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter number 33 and verses 7 through 9. Ezekiel 33. And verse number 7. All right. And you can put my first slide up, by the way. Sister Tay, the one that says Ezekiel. There we go. Ezekiel. All right. Um, I'll just read this. You can leave that up. I'll read this to them. I'm in verse number seven. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. I made you a watchman. All right. What's a watchman do, somebody? You're watching. Yeah, you're looking out. Usually going to be positioned up a little bit higher so that you can see what's, you know, ahead. Now, you know, from a low perspective, you can only see so far. But, you know, a watchman is somebody that's usually looking out over and they can see the enemy coming from a, a little while away. All right. So they don't just sneak up on us. All right. They don't just come in unawares. You had somebody who was a watchman, who was uh, looking out for you, who was supposed to at least give you a warning. All right. Thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. That don't sound good. So in other words, if you don't warn him and he dies, his blood is going to be upon your hands. Verse number nine, you guys go ahead and read that one, number nine.
but it ain't going to be your fault. But thou hast delivered thy soul. All right? So if you give the message, he decides not to take heed, his blood won't be upon your hand. That's going to be his fault. All right? And that's how I want it to be for me. All right? I can warn you. <laughs> you know, I can tell you what's up ahead. Uh, but it's not going to be, you know, if you decide to listen, amen. But if you decide not to listen to the word of God, it will not be because you didn't have a watchman. All right. So I thank God for the word in Ezekiel. But let's go ahead and keep on going on. All right. In order for us to really understand uh, the prophetic and end time events that Ezekiel would write about, um, you really first have to understand uh, the unique role that the nation of Israel has played in history and the, in the role that they actually will be playing um, in prophetic events that are to come. Uh, maybe my go ahead and go to my next slide. It's up there, please. All right. Now, uh, we understand. Let me just give you some some background. Most of us in here who are stu uh, students of the word of God, uh, we understand that Israel, because of their disobedience, the Lord sent a punishment on them. The Lord sent another nation uh, to act as his belt, if you want to, if you if you would, or uh, his, his punishing tool, um, his corrective force, you know, because the Lord isn't just trying to be punitive, but he's trying to correct his people. And so he sends in uh, Babylon. And we have this conquest that goes on in Babylonia, and the people are exiled out of that nation, all right? And the Jews, um, they had no government, you know, at this time. I mean, they had they basically been destroyed. Jerusalem has been destroyed. They go off into captivity for some 70 years, and they're allowed to come back. But when they came back, they were not just some um, independent nation anymore. There was another government that was in place there. Amen? So Babylon's in place, and then successive conquests come in. After Babylon, what happens next? Then we get the, uh, I believe, the Persians that come in. After the Persians come in, then we have uh, Rome, we have Greece, and then there's been other successive powers that have come in and dominated this nation ever since then, all right? So um, they were taken away. Uh, a lot of them lost their identity in many regards. Um, for instance, you know, they began to speak other languages, Aramaic, you know, uh, for years they did not speak um, the language that, uh, that Hebrew at all, would not speak that at all. And so they're speaking Aramaic uh, rather than Hebrew, and they were dispersed all over the world. They were oppressed. Uh, massacred, uh, taken advantage of. Uh, the Jews have been mistreated all over the world, just dispersed all over the place, all right? Uh, and have really lost uh, their sense of identity. Well, I shouldn't say that. Many of them have kept their identity in other places, but they lost their homeland, amen? All right, and so that's where we're at on today, all right? Now, that lasted for about over 2,000 years. These people have really been oppressed. Um, these people have had other, other nations that have tried to come in and govern them, that have governed them and have taken over until 1948. And that's in somebody in this place in, in here tonight, in somebody's lifetime. The Lord allows these people to come and to have a homeland. All right? Now, don't you tell me the prophecy is not happening because in some of you all's lifetimes, the words in this book have already come alive. All right. Amen. And that, that should concern us. That should at least allow us to wake up and to realize the day 
and the time that we are living in and that we can see the backdrop for the coming of the Lord already getting in place. How many people here in here are preparing themselves for the coming of the Lord? Amen. Let me hear somebody just give God praise if, you, if you're aware. I mean, because that's a reason to praise God, that you're not slumbering and that you're not asleep, that your eyes are open and that you understand what time you're living in, all right, and that you're getting yourself ready, I mean, to get up out of this world, all right? So a lot of things have happened. You know, I, I really would love to give you a better backdrop than that, but you can study um, in Israel how they were taken into captivity. They were eventually allowed to come back. But please remember, there were other powers. That's why in Jesus' day, Jesus, he's living in, you know, in Jerusalem. But who do you see walking around? You see Roman soldiers that are walking around. Why do you see Roman soldiers walking around? Because the Romans were in power, all right? You know, now, they, of course, they're upset about that. But even after the Romans, we have other people that come in. I mean, and even for 400 years, the Ottomans, the Turkish people had come in and had these conquests and had ruled over this land. And, and pretty soon, you know, Israel eventually is just kind of swallowed up, becomes a thing of the past, a byword. You know, it becomes Palestinia. You know, it, it's just part of this. It's just a territory. And it, 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 it's no longer what it used to be. All right. Until 1948. All right. So let's go over here. And I, I want to just kind of give you a little word on tonight. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter number 36. God denounces Edom. For taking the land of Israel. All right? Ezekiel 36. Now, you're going to have to have your thinking cap on tonight. You're going to have to come along with me on tonight. So the Persians had taken over. Greece, Rome, the Byzantines, um, the Arabs, Catholic Crusaders, the Mamelukes, and the Ottomans, and even the British. Look at all those conquests that have come in. That's why if you went to Israel on today um, and you saw Jerusalem... And you get to the Dome of the Rock, you know that big golden, uh, what do you call it, like dome that's there? You do understand that that is a, a Muslim mosque that's there. And then you think to yourself, well, okay, I thought this used to be Solomon's temple. How could a Muslim mosque be sitting there? That's because there have been so many people who have come in and conquered and had conquests. One after another, after another, after another. All right. Now, let's go over here to Ezekiel 36. Verse number one. Y'all ready to read? All right, let's do some work. Let's put the work in on tonight. Also, thou son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, because the enemy hath said against you, Ah, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. All right, you start you see what they're saying, they're starting to brag about it. Now, please remember that even though the Lord has punished Israel and allowed these people to come in, please understand that they are God's chosen people. You know, and just because it'd be just like for instance, say for instance, you know, you you over there discipline one of your children and then all of a sudden somebody just jumps on the bandwagon and they start picking on them. You know, but don't forget that's still somebody's son. Before you just start jumping on the bandwagon, you beating them up. Don't forget, that's still God's chosen people, all right? Now, verse number three, therefore prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord God, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that ye might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen, and ye are taken up in the lips of talkers and are an infinity of the people. Go ahead, you read verse number four. 
All right, so let's, talk, let's start talking to these things. All these things that have, has been, used to be, and then got beaten up real bad. All right. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all of, what, what's that word? Aduma. Okay, <laughs> that's Edom. All right. <laughs> that's Edom, which have appointed my land. All right. Um, into their possession with the joy of all their heart, with despiteful minds to cast it out for prey. All right? Go ahead, verse number six. Let's keep going. And to the rivers and to the valleys. Go ahead. All right. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I have lifted up my hand. Surely the heathen that are about you, they shall bear their shame. All right. Let's go back up to verse number five um, and let's read that just one more time. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, um, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against. Um, I wish I could pronounce that. Let's say Edom, which have appointed my land into their possession. In other words, y'all hear that? My land. This is my land, and they've tried to take it into possession with joy of all their heart, with despiteful minds to cast it out for prey. All right? Now, this is my land, and the Lord has given his land to these people. All right? So this is a rebuke uh, of the nations, uh, of these all these different nations that are in Edom that have tried to take over that land. Now, Edom, of course, would be the descendants of who? Esau. You have Jacob, then you have Esau. Edom would be the descendants of those people. Um, they were uh, descendants of Abraham. The Edomites were related to the Israelites, but they did not always, of course, act like brothers, did they? All right? Still fight. Still fight even on today. All right, now, let's go ahead and go to that next slide that I have up there for me, please. All right, and I want to put a couple of scriptures up. Now, Edom, uh, the, one of the capitals, let's go to the next one for me. Let's bear with me. All right, this is uh, Petra. God spoke against Edom and all the nations who wanted to take the land of Israel for themselves. A prominent city in Edom was Petra. Now, if you look at this, Petra, and I, I've had the uh, privilege of actually going there. It's, it's in uh, Judah, neighboring, or in Jordan rather, thank you baby, in Jordan, neighboring Israel, and if you go there, you can only get in there through like a little cavern, you got to walk through this cavern in Jordan, um, it's what is it called, come on up here and teach now, <laughs> yeah, <a little, laughs> now, now while we was there, I'm telling you boy, it was just as hot as it could be, oh lord, it was hot, and there's a whole lot of walking, and I mean, you go up really, really high in these hills. Uh, and I'm telling you, I mean, you can walk and walk and walk. And I, and I, I should have caught those camels. Lord, I, even today, I regret. One thing about that trip that I regret is not catching them camels back down that hill and paying them little people that was, uh, it, was it looked like a tourist trap. And I didn't want to take it, but I should have took that camel. I'm telling you, if you ever go, take the camel. Amen. I had a crying wife. Lord, have mercy. I was about in tears myself all the walking. <laughs> that, was a, that was a trip right there. But anyway, uh, but one thing about this place that I, it, 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 it came to mind, just the desolation. 
You can see the ruins of the city, how it was once a great place, but the Lord has allowed nothing to be there now. All you can go there and see now is just a bunch of ruins. All right, now check this out. Uh, go with me to maybe Obadiah chapter number one and two. You don't have to turn there. Let me just get this real quick. Obadiah one and two, and then I want verse eight real quick. Obadiah one and two. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a book of the Bible. Obadiah. Obadiah. These are the unvisited books. Obadiah, one and two. Any day now. She's trying to figure out how to spell that. Okay, here we go. Obadiah. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. All right, going down to verse number eight. Shall I not in that day say the Lord even destroy the wise men out of Edom? And understanding out of the Mount of Esau. In other words, I'm going to go ahead and take care of you because you're trying to take my people and do my people wrong. Um, they might be going through a punishment. They might be going through judgment. But yet they are still my people. Yeah. All right. All right. Verse number 18. Let's go there. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame and the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining in the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. And if you go there today to that particular city, Petra, all you're going to be able to see is just visit some old rocks and some old ruins. I mean, you can still just admire how it used to be. I mean, you can understand how these people used to dominate because, I mean, the only way you can get through there is just through a cavern. And I can only imagine I'm coming through this cavern and you somebody being up high and maybe throwing a big rock down. And so it's just really a guarded place. But no longer is anybody there because the Lord has a way of taking care of people. All right. Now, I wouldn't try to fight against the Lord if I was you. All right. Now, the Jewish people, what I want you to understand, they are the only people on the face of the earth that the Lord has given some real estate to. Y'all hear that? They, they, the Lord has given them. Now, I know you, you might stand up and testify the Lord blessed you with the house. But one thing about Israel, the Lord has allotted some land for them. All right. Now, let me just set this up. Let me keep on going down. You know, let's even think about Israel's history. For instance, you know, Israel was birthed out of one Gentile man by the name of Abraham. Abraham living off wasn't he, in, in Ur, land of the Chaldees. He's a Gentile, you know, and the Lord takes this person. And from this man, a whole nation is born or birthed out of him. And out of this nation that's birthed out of him would be born a savior who would save the entire world. Ooh, isn't that wonderful? Amen. Now, and, and not only did he just take a man, but he takes a man and he takes a man that didn't have the potential of having children and allows him to marry a barren woman so that you, could, you wouldn't make any mistake about it. What would come out of him is miraculous. This is the Lord's doing. Make no mistake about it. This is the Lord. So he raises up a whole nation out of this one man. All right? Now, I wouldn't mess with these people if I was you. Amen. That's just my recommendation. All right? Now, uh, not only does he raise up a nation, but he also gives them some land. Now, let's go over here to Genesis chapter number 15. Just, just bear with me on tonight. Verse number 18. Now, this is, this is more of a challenging uh, message on here on tonight, a Bible study on tonight. I really wanted to give you something easy on tonight, you know, and just make you shout and run. And, you know, uh, trouble don't last always. And then y'all would have been all right and gone home and you would have felt good for a minute. And then trouble would have come again. 
may you be in my, my office mad for lying to you. You know, so right, let me just take my time on tonight, you know, and let's just dig into the word on tonight. All right. Genesis chapter number 15 and verse number 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed have I given this land. Check this out. From the river of Egypt. What's that famous river in Egypt? Pop quiz. Oh, boy, you on fire tonight, Sister Micah. All right. The Nile. I heard, maybe I'm just hearing your voice because you're my wife. All right. So from the great river that's in Egypt to the what? The river that's in Euphrates. All right. Now, this is the land the Lord gave to who? Who did he give it to? Come on, class. Don't be asleep on me that quick. He gave it to Abram. All right. All right. So. Uh, let's keep on going down here to verse number 19. Uh, keep going to Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Catamanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and all these people, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. I'm going to give you their land. All right? Now, if you look at modern-day Israel, just a little bitty strip of land. All right? I don't even think it's as big as New Jersey. A little bitty small little place. But the Lord even intended them to have even more land. Now, put up that. Uh, I have another slide that's up there, Sister Joy. Doing a good job on tonight. Um, it has a little map on it, if you don't mind. Now, check this out. Now, you can see, if I had a little laser pointer, you can that little, there's a little pie slice. If you see where it says Israel, there's a little pie slice of land. That's modern-day Israel. But the land that had originally been allotted for them was a lot larger. Now, I'm not just making that up. Y'all saw in Genesis chapter number 15, we just read it. He says, from the Nile River all the way over here to the Euphrates River, I've allotted this land, this land for you. So that would actually include parts of Egypt, parts of Saudi Arabia, parts of Iraq, parts of Syria, this whole parts of Lebanon. All this land have I given. Now, I probably made somebody mad. You know, maybe somebody, uh, hopefully ain't nobody across seas listening right now, you know, because I don't want to get in trouble over here, but this is what the word says, all right? Now, but all they have today is just this little strip of land that they're even fighting for that little bit of land on today. But the Lord intended them to even have more, all right? But unfortunately, you know, when it came time to possess the land, a lot of them feared and didn't have the faith to go in to take what the Lord had originally allotted for them, all right? Now, there's a lesson in that right there. You know, the Lord might have a lot more in store for you. But it's up to you to go in and walk in it by faith and claim the land, to possess the land, all right? And if you would just stay with God rather than walking in self, you might get a whole lot more, amen? And, and you might have a bigger slice of the pie, all right? Now, but Israel, they didn't take all that. All right, now, let's keep on going um, in the word on tonight. Um, all right. Now, all right, we, we know the story about all the oppression that Israel has gone through. Um, over the years, I didn't mean that my heart goes out to these people. Now, you know, I know my history, but if you think about the history of the Jews, how they have been a hated people all over the world. You know, a people that have been displaced, um, but somehow kept hold to who they were, their identity, but have been displaced all over the world. You hear about all the uh, Nazi Germany, all the oppression they went through there, and the, all the different things that these people have gone through, but yet these people are still um, the Lord's people, all right? The Lord's chosen people, and miraculously in 1948, 
This land you would think was just a desolation. These people have come back and taken over and, and have a restored homeland. Hmm, don't you tell me what God can't do. Let me just keep on going on tonight. Ezekiel chapter number 36. Let's go to verse number 22. God is going to defend Israel. And why will he defend them? We'll find out. Let's go to verse number 22. All right, we there? This is, long, this is going to be a long setup tonight. Long setup. You just got to stay with me tonight. Go ahead and read. I'm not doing this for you, O house of Israel. It's not like that you was just this perfect people, you know, that you just been this perfect son or daughter. But for mine holy name's sake. The Lord defends Israel. Why? For his own name's sake. Which ye have profaned among the heathen whither ye went. Go ahead, verse 23. And I will sanctify my great name, mm -hmm. which was profaned among the heathen. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you, in you before their eyes. Verse 24. All right, now you've been dispersed all over the world, living everywhere but what the, the land that I originally allotted for you. Now you're all over the world. How in the world is the Lord going to gather? Now, you all, you know, living in modern-day society, y'all so used to hearing about Israel. But if I would go back, mm, let's say, you know, especially uh, 150 years ago, even 100 years ago, people would be looking at you like, huh? You know, how in the world is that going to ever happen? It looked impossible for this to ever be restored. All right, let's keep on going. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. Then, I, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Verse 26. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You hear that? You're going to dwell there in the land that I gave your fathers and ye shall be my people and I will be your God. All right. Now, this is talking about, you know, a, a day that is still yet to come. But what I'm. You know, but what I'm telling you, his spirit has already been released in this world. You can get the Holy Ghost, amen, and you can have his, his spirit written or his, his, his laws written on the tables upon your heart. But what I am saying is that, you know, we can see the backdrop for this great day that is to come, you know, where, uh, you know, this millennial reign, this, this kingdom where, where Christ will rule on earth. It's all the, the setup for these, these, these end time prophecies is already right before our eyes, all right? Already getting set up for this thing. Amen? All right, let's go on down here to verse number 34. Uh, Israel's reestablishment, it testifies of God. Ooh, of God's power, his majesty, his ability to take a dispersed people who were just thrown all over the world and bringing them back to this place. Verse number 34, you ready? All right, go ahead and read.
Uh huh. Verse 35. All right, go ahead. And verse, one more verse. Then the heathen. All right. Okay, now, uh, give me one moment. Uh, let me set this up for a second. Give me one moment. All right. Um, okay, let's uh, go ahead and you can put my next slide up. Now, Check, check this out. Verse 34. Go back to 34 for a second. While, while you put the next slide up, let's go to back to verse 34. You all that brought your Bibles. And the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. It was a desolate land. Um, I wish I could find these notes that I had written down earlier. Give me one second. Because I wanted to read this quote uh, for somebody that actually visited um, Israel some years and years ago it was actually um, there was this quote that I found by um, Mark Twain and Mark Twain you know in the 1800s he went over there to Israel and he looked around and he was like my goodness even the cactus running away from this place it was just absolutely just a desolate place but check out what the Lord can do all right now let's go here oh there it is right back okay I, I knew I wrote it down somewhere wrote it in the slide there it is all right in 1867 the American author Mark Mark Twain toured the land of Israel and described it as a desolate country whose soil is is rich enough but is given over wholly to weeds a silent mournful expanse a desolation we never saw a human being on the whole route hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere even the olive trees and the cactus, those fast friends of a worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. All right? So he writes this about it now. But if you go there today, I mean, it, it is just amazing what used to be desolate, how, I mean, it's just rich. All right, now, go to the next slide for me. All right, check this out. Uh, look at these, co these companies that are in Israel. The Mahadran is a leading global grower. They grow citrus fruit and avocado. But not only do they do it for their own homeland, but these people are dispersing all over the world. I'm a place that used to have nothing, used to be a deserted place, used to be a desolation, now growing fruit and avocados and sending it all over the place. Mahadran is Israel's largest grower and exporter of citrus, avocado, dates, and other fruits and vegetables. The company has annual sales of approximately 350 million, and over 70% of the produce exported globally to all the continents. Our fresh produce comes in daily from more than 40,000 40, uh -huh, of agricultural holdings across Israel and other countries. We are fully vertically integrated, integrated, controlling the entire supply chain of our produce. Check that out. That don't sound so desolate anymore. Don't tell me what God can't do. All right? Now, uh, some of you all, you probably don't know this, but drip irrigation, you know who um, was the pioneer of that? Israel. You know what drip irrigation is? It's when they can take, go back one. You went too fast for me. No, next one. But you see those little pipes that are leading all beside all of that stuff? You know, that's drip irrigation, where they actually just take the water and they put it directly, it drips out and it's almost going right to the root so no water is lost. 
And because of that, they have been able to turn what would otherwise be a, a desert and just a wasteland, and they turn it into acres and acres of prosperous land, all right? And not only is it helping them, but that same technology is going to other nations as well. I'm, I'm just telling you that God can restore. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the, the kind of the hidden message that I guess that you can take. I mean, of course, this has a, a larger implication, but I think that you, what we can gather from this is it doesn't matter how desolate I am, how uh, messed up I might be, how far gone um, the situation is. If the Lord wants to restore, the Lord is able to restore. Another thing that we can take from this is that every word that the Lord has spoken is going to come to pass. I don't care what Mark Twain wrote down in his journal as he crossed this desolate land. It looked at that moment like there was nothing possible. It looked like Israel was an absolute has-been. It was just a forgotten land that you would read in the Bible. And never in his wildest dream would he think that 1948 would come and that, you know, we would be standing here today and Israel would be the strong and prosperous nation. I'm talking about these Jews have come back, and I mean, winning Nobel Peace Prizes, doing all kinds of things and uh, modern investments and our, our, our advancements, rather, in science and technology, and they are being a blessing to other parts of the world. All right. Now, the beautiful thing about this is and God's not done with them. All right. And God is going to continue. All right. Now, let me just keep on moving on in the word of the Lord on today. Now, check this out. Uh, before we move on, I'm going to go here. Uh, go to that next slide for me. The next slide. All right. There was a man um, by the name of Theodore Herschel. Um, and this this is one of the, the you guys have heard of uh, Zionism before. All right. Now, Zionism is this is a political movement, of course. But this is a person who just had a dream. He had a dream. He would see how these people were hated and how they were displaced all over the world. But he thought to himself, you know what, if I can dream it, you know, this can actually come to pass where these people actually come back and come back and actually have a homeland. All right. And so listen to what he said. I founded the Jewish state. If I said this aloud today, I would be greeted with universal la laughter. But in five years, perhaps, and certainly in 50 years, everyone will perceive it. Now, in other words, what he's saying, now you might be laughing right now, but in five years, you'll see what's happened. And then the man died. 50 years later, all of a sudden, Israel becomes the state. All right? Now, don't tell me what God can. Now the people are coming back, but they don't even have a language. Now, this is even more interesting to me as I'm studying this. They had, you know, what did they speak in biblical times? They spoke Hebrew. But now they're in other parts of the world, all over the place. They're speaking Yiddish, um, which is just a dialect of Hebrew mixed with other little languages and things. Uh, didn't have a, a language, uh, a dispersed people, um, a people without a homeland, a people without a language. Then another man raises up. All right. And this man's name is Eliezer ben Yehuda. Ben, ben Yehuda. There we go. Eliezer ben Yehuda. All right. Now, and check out what he did. Let's put him up here. Eliezer ben Yehuda, he saw his kids and he thought to himself, he had gotten a conversation speaking Hebrew and he started to converse with a person. He, he said to himself, you know what? I think this might work. And you know what he did? He taught his child Hebrew. He taught his little son, refused to speak any other language to his son. 
Now, I thought it was an interesting story. He lost his uh, wife, um, and he ended up getting married to somebody else. And then next thing you know, he lost some other daughters, had hardship in his life and things. But he decided, I'm going to teach my son Hebrew, and then I'm going to teach my little daughter some Hebrew. And next thing you know, you know this thing took off, and you know what the dominant language that's in Israel today is? You know what it is? It's Hebrew. I'm talking about a, a people without a homeland, a people without a language, and because somebody had a dream, somebody actually believed that this could happen, somebody actually said to themselves, you know what, we can actually speak this language, now you have this land. And now, because God has inspired some people, now you see biblical prophecy coming to pass. All right, now, what you thought wouldn't happen. Now let's go to Zephaniah chapter number three and verse number nine. I'm just, you know, let me just set this up and just, I like to kind of touch on these books that we don't read a lot. All right? Zephaniah 3 and 9. All right, y'all go ahead and read this for me. For then will I do what? A pure language that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him in one consent. So what I'm telling you right before your eyes, even in some of your mama and grandmama's lifetime, you can see biblical prophecy coming to pass. Stop, just think about that for a minute. Oh, but you're still tuning out the preacher. Woo, you still won't listen in Bible class. You're still scrolling through your phone. You're still missing the word of God. You're still making the things of God optional. But I'm telling you, right before your eyes, I'm not talking about, you know, 500, 600 years ago, but I'm talking about in your mama and daddy and, your, and even your grandmama's lifetime or even some of you, your mama's lifetime. Some of you all even old enough in this room might be your lifetime. You can see the word, the backdrop for the coming of the Lord. Stop playing games, church, and get ready. Somebody give the Lord some praise on tonight. Now, let me just pause for a minute, and let me go back to where I started at in the beginning. I just feel like I ought to just go back for a minute. And let's go back um, to Ezekiel chapter number 2. And let me just fuss for a minute. <laughs> Ezekiel 2. You know, so we got to apply ourselves in the word of the Lord. I'm, I'm serious. Apply yourself. You know, I mean, I mean, it's difficult for me, you know, but apply yourself. Let me read this. I'm going to go ahead and read this in the New Living Translation. You know, we can't just always come to church just to shout. Yeah. All right. Stand up, son of man, said the voice. I want to speak with you. The spirit came into me as he spoke and he set me on my feet. I listened carefully to his words. Son of man, he said, I am sending you to the nation of Israel, a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been rebelling against me to this very day. They are a stubborn and hard-hearted people, but I am sending you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or refuse to listen, for remember they are rebels, at least they will know they have had a prophet among them. I'm telling you, you know, we're going to be left without an excuse. I'm telling you that your, your Bible is on your shelf every day. 
I mean, it's not like we live in some period of a time where, you know, the, the, the Bible has been translated. I mean, just it, it's, it's put in English. Do you realize what a privilege it is to have the word of God in your hands? Yes. Do you realize that for years people didn't have the luxury that you have? I mean, to have your leather-bound Bible just collecting dust on the shelf. I don't mean. I mean, what what amazes me today is that even in the palm of your hand, I mean, on 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 your phone, I mean, you can have the Bible. The Bible is just so accessible. But yet we are living in one of the most Biblical and illiterate generations, people are just so interested in so much other information, even though it's so readily accessible. I mean, you have a whole library of scholarly writing right before you, but we don't take advantage of what the Lord has given us, and we will be left without an excuse. All right. Now, let me just keep on going on. Let me um, give you a little history right now. Now, prepare to be bored because it's going to be real dry, but just try to, try to perk up and listen to catch what you can catch. All right, now, so I told you that um, Israel had uh, a lot of different um, consecutive uh, people that have come in and had conquests, all right? We talked about Babylonia, talked about the Persians, talked about Rome, I talked about Greece. I mean, it's just one after another. I mean, then you get the, the Muslims, then you get the uh, Crusaders, and then you get the Ottomans, uh, the Turks. For 400 years, I'm talking about these, since 1517, I think it was, the Ottoman Turks had been in Israel. And they, they were a Muslim, you know, uh, people. And, you know, next thing they know, they just make what used to be Israel. It's just a pretty much a territory. And, you know, people start calling it Palestine. And Palestinians have moved in there. And Arabs have moved in there. You know, and it's just kind of dispersed all over. You know, people, they, they've dispersed all over the world. People have come in and dominated and taken over. I see your hand, Brother White. So check out what happens. Then Britain became sympathetic to Zionism. They hear these people that talk about, you know, the return of the Jews. They were giving them a homeland. These hated people, let's give them a place to go. The Ottomans, until um, they lost control by the British, they ruled until they lost control of the British in the First World War in 1917. And then you have what is called the Balfour Declaration in 1917. Um, and what that did, the Balfour Declaration proposed in Palestine the establishment of a Jewish homeland for the Jews. All right. Um, of course, this had a big impact on the Arabs that were living there. A lot of people were upset. You know, you can't come in here because guess what had happened? Israel had been gone for a long, long time. And now there's other people who have moved in here. And they also feel like that they have a history to the land. And rightly so, don't they have a history? They do have a history, all right? Now, Israel might have been there before them, but they still had this history there. And so we got fighting that goes on. Then the Jews, they start to move into Palestinian, all right? And during this period, around 3 million Jews migrated to Palestine, all right? Now, then all of a sudden, in 1947, put up this slide for me before they go to sleep. I'm hurry up. Come on, we've got to get somewhere. 1947, well, that's a good one right there. The United Nations announced a partition resolution to divide Palestine and create a separate state for the Jews called Israel and another for the Arabs. All right? Now, but in 1948, all of a sudden, the Palestinians rejected the UN proposal. The Jewish military, they didn't back down. And on May 14, 1948, the Jews announced the creation of Israel. Now, they stand up there, announce it, and guess what happens in Israel? Everybody, all those surrounding nations, you think they're just going to all of a sudden just back down? No, they're going to come in here and they start to attack. 
But you know what? Israel, they didn't back down. Their military didn't back down. All right. And because of that, because they didn't back down and because I believe the Lord was on their side, they still are in existence and they're going strong. All right. Now, check this out. Brother White, I'm going to take your comment and then we got one more place to go. Yes, sir. I can, I can barely hear you. Everybody pretty much got their turn with this nation. Uh-huh. Because God considered her being that whore. And yeah. Everybody in and did what they want to do and discovered the land and even until today. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much that judgment that's, that's on her today. This is part of it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is just that I couldn't even imagine. There was a, if we, we had been living, I mean, just a couple generations ago, we wouldn't be able to see the potential for certain biblical prophecy to come into existence. Then all of a sudden, this forgotten land that had gotten swallowed up by all these other people, this old dried up desert place, now becomes a nation. And I'm talking about a strong nation that has come back. I'm not talking about just something. You go there now, I mean, it's a, uh, this is a happening place. I mean, a strong place. Now, check this out. Let's go over to Ezekiel chapter number 37. Come on, wake up up in here. Wake up, wake up, wake up. All right. We good, Sister Mike? She said we good. All right. Ezekiel 37. All right. I promise next week I do so. I, I, this too shall pass, and then we're just going to go home. <laughs> I say something, make you shout. Then y'all go. I know y'all like to shout. Oh, you're going to get a new car. <laughs> You know, but if you get a new car and bust hell wide open, I mean, ain't like, what you going to do, just drive out a car cruising through hell? Come on. <laughs> Tires just melting, though. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. I don't know about you, but I want to make it. I want to make it. I want to make it. All right, now, listen, listen to this. All right. Um, uh, Ezekiel 37, y'all have verse number one. All right, look, we're going to read, do a little bit of reading. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And it caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. Y'all hear that? I'm talking about just go back to that first slide that I put up Ezekiel. I put the very first slide up. I'm talking about just real, not just some bones that still had a little meat on them that you just threw out to the dog and he didn't eat all of it or something. You know, not something how y'all eat your chicken, leaving all that meat on the bone and just throwing it out. You know, <laughs> now nah, I ain't talking about how Sam and Nathan eat chicken. I had to take that and finish that up for him. But I'm talking about, look, I mean, very dry, hopeless looking bones. No life in them at all. Ain't no way this is going to come back. I'm talking about looking like completely destroyed. How could these things ever be? All right? Now, all right, Ezekiel chapter number 2, or uh, sorry, 37 and verse 2. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh Lord, O oh Lord God, thou knowest. In other words, he didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at this and like, thou knowest, Lord, thou knowest. 
You know, he didn't want to just say no, but he was just, thou knowest. That's a good answer. You ever had that one of those situations? You know, you looked at it and it's, you may be the Lord, you know, you got faith. You know, can this, can this situation come back? Oh, Lord, you know. <laughs> thou knowest. Can, can these, you know, whatever you're going through, can this rebellious child of mine, can he possibly make an intelligent decision ever? And then some of y'all mamas, thou knowest, Lord. I didn't try to talk to that boy. All right. And again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus, I'm talking about prophesying over some dry bones that look like they are absolutely desolate, all right? But make sure that ain't, when you prophesy over the bones, I mean, what you got to do, you got to speak what thus saith the Lord. All right, you can't just come out there and you just, you know, this is more than just positive thinking and this mental ascent and you just, you know, a positive affirmation. But when the Lord says something, all will surely come to pass. My God. Verse number five. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. And ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you. And cover you with skin. And put breath in you. And ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. In other words, when the Lord said that to me, I did what he told me to do. Regardless of how it looked, regardless of how dry the bones seemed, regardless how dead the situation, I did what the Lord told me to do. I said what the Lord told me to say. I spoke of the dead thing what the Lord told me to speak. All right? Now we're in verse number seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. My God. And behold, a shaking. And the bones, look what they started. They came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. There was no, no breath at all. I saw it coming together. It seemed like it was taking form, or take, but there was no life in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. If the Lord tells you to do something, you might as well go ahead and do it. If the Lord told you to speak it, you can start speaking it. If the Lord says, yeah, come on, even God, who, who calleth those things that are not as though they were. I'm not just talking about what you called it, but even God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He's, in other words, you know, even before Abraham, you know, this nation. Abraham, when he was just Abram, when he was still barren, oh man, couldn't have no, you are father of many. I will call those things that are not as though they are. My, I'll call you a father even before you even have the notion of having a kid. I'll say that you're a daddy of many nations when you don't even got one son. My God, come on here. So when the Lord says it, it can surely come to pass. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and look, and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. 
We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Somebody give the Lord some praise. My, 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 my. Now, I took the scenic route tonight to get to that uh, but because I want you to see what the Lord can do. I mean, I'm talking about this broke down, busted, beat up, disgusted, dispersed, got tore down by Adolf Hitler and the Nazis and hated all over the world and all it looked like that they would never ever rise up again. But if the Lord says live, <laughs> I don't care how many people have conquered, taken over. I don't care how dry and disgusted and broke down it is. If the Lord says live, <laughs> it's going to live. <laughs> it's going to live. Amen. And, and the beautiful thing is, you ain't, I mean, the Lord's not done with his people. I, I'm just, it just is so amazing to me that in my lifetime, I can see prophecy coming forth. I can see biblical time, I mean, biblical prophecy being revealed right before our eyes. I can start seeing the backdrop for the coming of the Lord coming and just getting laid out. I mean, just coming right to pass right before our eyes. I mean, it's amazing to me. I mean, there were years ago, I mean, there were, even if I read what I just read to you all concerning, I know some of you all, we take that, you know, and apply it to our own lives, but we have to understand that it was written to Israel. Now, what we can see is the character of God. Now, we can see that even though that that promise is written to Israel, I can, know, I can see some of, some of God's character. And I don't know if you're anything like me. I'm like, well, Lord, if you could do it for Israel. <laughs> oh, I know you can do it for me. So, I mean, it just kind of encouraged. I know it might, Lord, I know you weren't talking about me when you wrote that. I ain't going to, I got to rightly divide the word, but Lord, I can see what you can do. My God, I see you over there working in Israel. And if you brought them back and if you're working in them and you're preparing them and you're doing a great work in them and you brought them back for another, surely you're able my God, to do something in my life. Come on and give the Lord praise, somebody. Oh! I know this was a little crockpot type of little slow Bible class on tonight, but wake up and realize, my God, the time and the day that you're living in, and understand that God's not through working in you. Hallelujah to God. My God, can we just give me one more praise tonight? All right, um,